So if you are interested in learning more about that, head on over to the link in my show notes where you'll find a sponsor link for this episode. And a quick tip for you when it comes to podcast guesting, I recommend that you start before you need it. And that's all from me for the sponsor message. And now back to the show. Hello, my lovelies. This is May Kay Sang, your podcast guesting strategist and mentor, cat lover, and the proud host of the Quiet Rebels podcast. This is the place for experts on the rise who are finally ready to stop playing small and to start showing up as the leader they've always been. And contrary to what you might think, you don't have to be the loudest person in the room in order to be heard. You've always been the type to see things differently, and you've always chosen another pathway if the one laid out in front of you just doesn't align with your way of life. You're not alone in this. So to help you on your journey, I'm bringing conscious conversations to the table with myself and guest experts who will help you with the inner work that needs to be done in order to make a positive impact on the world with what you do. I see you. And now it's time to hear you, my friend. So please welcome to The Quiet Rebellion. Hello, my wonderful Quiet Rebels. Oh my goodness, I've got an amazing guest on the show today. And what's really cool is I've actually met her IRL in real life, pre-COVID, obviously. But we actually met in San Diego and she was actually part of the dinner group that I was like taking to set restaurant. And we, instead of breaking bread, we broke tacos. (laughs) (laughs) and and I've gotten to know this amazing human I have loved the fact that she just wants to come onto the show to speak about something that I think needs to be talked about more and that's all about how you can write more professional and effective client emails without sounding dry dreary or desperate is those hard conversations like scope creep or raising your prices or even breaking up with the client like how do you do that in such a way that doesn't piss them off (laughs) and doesn't make you feel like a horrible human being right so how do we do those communications in such a way that honors both parties so please join me in welcoming to the virtual stage Amisha Srimanka so Amisha thank you so much for coming on the Quiet Rebels podcast today (laughs) thank you thank you May Kay I am super stoked uh, to be here on your show I'm having an Oprah moment (laughs) (laughs) oh my god (laughs) I love your show so I'm glad to be here (laughs) And by the way, I just have to say, um, you sent one of the best pictures I've ever received for the podcast. So that said a lot. (laughs) Thank you. Well, you're a great coach, so that helped. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. So yeah, um, I think that's a testament to how powerful your communication skills are, especially through the written word, but not only, obviously, because we're speaking today. (laughs) Yeah, I know. So before we dive into all of the juiciness about these kind of client emails, I'd love to know how you really got into this field and yeah, just kind of like what led you here? Yeah. So I started my copywriting business in 2018. Uh, I was doing it before I called myself a copywriter, honestly. And I had friends, uh, more like peers who were business coaches and because I wanted to be a business coach and not a service provider. That's funny. And um, mm. I had no intention of being a copywriter. I didn't even know that was something you get to do or it was a legit title and you get paid for. So I started my online journey in 2016, right after I gave birth to my daughter. And I just knew I wanted to do something that would give me the work and life balance and you know make a good living at the same time. And so my peers, my business coaches, uh, 
they they'd send me their landing pages and emails to have a look and you know ask me to make some recommendations and i would do that and they would take my suggestions and would see the results i still mm. didn't know at the time that you could be paid just for doing that mm. you know it's it's so funny the things we take for granted and come naturally to us and question naively like who's going to really pay for that mm. so fast forward in fall of 2018 I put a stake in the ground and said, okay, I'm going to say no to everything else, uh, business coaching, group programs, building $7 passive income products, because I had done all of that and I was exhausted. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, I was putting out these little tiny, you know, these low ticket offers and I was hoping to make a grand every day. I mean, three years ago, it wasn't such a big thing as it is now with low ticket offers and upsells and downsells and all that crazy things. So... I firmly decided that I was going to do this copywriting thing, say goodbye to all distractions um, and figured this out. And here we are three years later, mistakes, rejections, nightmare clients, not getting paid on some projects, but also a lot of good stuff that's come out of uh, all of this. You know, I've had some great peers in the copywriting world, uh, supportive community. I'm able to hit 20k months which is which was Incredible. a dream at one point in time and you know i am releasing digital products that i firmly believe and they're not seven dollars anymore <laughs> <laughs> and yeah and you know the present and future both look exciting so yeah oh my goodness what a journey you've been on and oh the uh i'm not gonna lie a part of your story that really stuck out was when you said oh yeah and doing these projects and not getting paid for something i was like oh hold on a second <laughs> like yeah oh my goodness like, like flashback and unfortunately it is something that many people do go through when they go through their business and what's really yeah. interesting is that our topic today to talk is really about improving that communication with with people especially or especially you know clients especially when things have gone awry because it happens, life happens. And, you know, at the end of the day, our clients are people as well, not to excuse the fact that they are not paying you or anything like that, but there's always a deeper reason. And what I love about your writing style, because I've read the things that you're going to be sharing today and you communicate it in such a, it's, it's, it's straightforward. However, it's not impersonal you know and yeah. what i love about what i love about you is that you have that balance between that professional and personable um kind of writing style so tell us more about this because you know i, I think uh when things go wrong i feel like a lot of us shut off our feelings because we're like oh mm. no it needs to be professional now and i get that because putting emotion into emails can be very risky if it's not done in the right way or in an effective way rather yeah so yeah tell us more about this because I feel like you have some stories (laughs) yeah so and here's the thing um and maybe Meike you'll identify with this it's because we're Asian Mm. we've been told by our parents to play by the rules work hard do your best, and most importantly, avoid conflict, never complain. (gasps) It's just inherent in our culture, right? And Mm. I, for one, have always looked the other way. (laughs) Whenever Mm. there was a sign of a verbal conflict, uh, it's not something I'm proud of. And uh, but it's just who I am, right? And on the flip side, asking for things like raising prices or quoting a big fee and or saying no, was so hard for me in the beginning, it's gotten better. 
But again, uh, you know, I'm not there verbally. And I guess we have that advantage because we're copywriters. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> if I can't make this a, a verbal ask, can I kind of like, you know, dive into my skills and kind of like make emails a way to communicate my boundaries, my mm. needs, and, you know, what I want from clients and even prospects or peers, right? And so that kind of took shape from that. Uh, and of course, the experiences that I've had as, you know, when I started out in the space. And uh, also, I'm a bit of a self-deprecating person. <laughs> That's, it's just my way to diffuse tension. And it's best mm -hmm. that I can do this via emails where I've had to time, have had the time to think, like you said, process the emotions mm -hmm. and then yeah. look to be effective with some levity, but being respectful at the same time. Mm -hmm. So that goes to the cultural aspect and avoiding that verbal tension in the communication and kind of like relying on emails and uh, weaving in some of my personality and kind of diffusing the tension and how I got into all of this. There are like five to six ways I do this. And I'd love to share that with your audience giving you some yes, examples. I would love to. And before we do, <laughs> I just want to thank you first and foremost for sharing, because I, I didn't expect you to to say, you know, culture is a big factor as to why you've like really honed these skills in the yeah. written manner, because um, I can absolutely relate to you with the avoidance of conflict and looking the other way when someone treats us mm -hmm. less than we're worth and, um, diffusing tension through self-deprecation oh my goodness that's like <laughs> yep yep history of that absolutely and I think because of that it has been easier for us to be taken advantage of yeah so yeah. I feel that this is coming back full circle like okay no I'm on I honor where I'm from I understand why it's maybe more susceptible to being taken advantage of however these skills I have now is setting the boundary in a way that is still mutually respect respectful, even if the other party doesn't always deserve that, <laughs> especially if they treat you really badly. Yes, totally. And uh, I think politeness is my default setting <laughs> to <Same>. a fault. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like acknowledging the uh, the ask from the client or the prospect, uh, acknowledging that accepting it, receiving it, and then coming out with a response that kind of honors both parties. And like mm. you rightly said, so that's always been the goal. It doesn't always work out that way, but that's always my intention when I am sending out a professional email. Mm. So, oh my God, this is so good. So, okay. I think we need some examples just to really ground ourselves in what this actually looks like. <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah. These five to six ways that you brought up. <laughs> Okay, so the question really is, how can we maintain uh, ba the balance between being professional and personal? So here are mm -hmm. some ways that I do it, and hopefully this resonates with your audience, and then they can look at uh, take take these ways and use one of these ideas. So I think this goes back to your personal values and how you fold them into your messaging. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm not a one to talk about personal branding because I'm as I'm green as an elf in that category. But <laughs> But I can speak to some of my personal values, right? So the top three that come to my mind, I appreciate, I value strong work ethic. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, hard work is very important to me. And the other thing is integrity. And uh, third, this doesn't come off very often like in uh, um, 
uh, as a value, or I don't know, I, I don't hear it as much, but it's punctuality. Mm-hmm. I really like to be punctual. And I do, I, you know, I want to make sure my kids get to school on time and, you know, dinner served at the right time, or I'm meeting a client at the right time or a prospect, or even if it's a coffee chat, I am very respectful of everybody's time. And it's just the good girl in me or whatever it is that I need to be like a minute before anything starts. It's so I'm, I'm one of those people. So that is really mm-hmm. important to me. And the other thing is that the second way is I like to add some personality elements into my emails. <clears throat> so for example, I'll reference my South Asian upbringing, my love for Nordstrom, which in the UK, if you have UK listeners, uh, it's kind of the equivalent of Selfridges. Oh, okay. Uh, that's, yeah. that's good to know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I love everything that they have. I can order things and, uh, yeah, I, I, it's, I get sucked into the rabbit hole. We won't go there, but, uh, I, you know, I talk about my two little humans. I have a boy and a girl and pop culture references from the nineties. I'm a nineties kid. So mm-hmm. I'll, you know, bring up the movies like you've got mail or <laughs> I'll talk about <laughs> the TV shows and definitely use those gifts from friends, not the pivot. Yes. One that's overused. <laughs> but there are so many good things, uh, it, you know, from those shows and um, just my life in suburbia. So these are mundane routine things that I kind of like to add into my emails. Mm. And I don't add all of them in a single email, of course, but they mm. do show up. Mm. It just gives my professional brand a personal touch, shows them I'm human, mm. relatable in a fun way. So that's, you could look into what are the things that, you know, kind of like make up your life, like, you know, what lights you up, right? And how can you kind of like weave more of that into your writing? Mm -hmm. And uh, I'll show you an example of how that comes about. But yeah, it's just really looking deep into your life. What are your likes and dislikes? And, you know, what, what lights you up? Is it your kids? Is it your routine life? Is it a particular movie reference that you keep going back to or a show that you loved watching as a teenager or a young adult or whatever it is? So the other thing is you can combine a personal value and a personality element and still have it be professional. Mm. I know that's a lot of peace. So <laughs> let me give an example. So for one of my emails to a client, which is a reminder email that's scheduled to go out two hours prior to us meeting, it will include one of my personal values, which is punctuality. So the email says something like, do you mind if I quickly read this line from the email? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. All right. So I say something like, I try to be on time and in parentheses, almost always, sales at Nordstrom are first come first served. And I hate missing out. I've learned the hard way when a pair of combat boots I was eyeing for a week were gone because I was five minutes late. (laughs) So I preface by saying like, you know, these are, there are three things I would love for you to know about me before we get into our chilled convo. That's what the line says in the email. And then I go about kind of like, so it's talking about my punctuality. I don't tout it as a personal value uh, in the email. I don't say that my personal value is being punctual. But I kind of like weave into a, you know, weave a personality element into it and kind of like make a case for punctuality. So it just gets the point across. You show, don't tell, right? Yes, exactly. Right. So, yeah. So I've combined a personal value and a personality element and it to strike a chord. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, you can, you know, add gifts, although I don't do this for every email. It really depends on your audience. It would be crazy to do that in every email unless that's (laughs) your style. And I try to have a caption under the gifts, those, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. like speak to the lightheartedness of things. Uh, you can brand some of your email copy 
And there are so many ways to do this, but I like to use sometimes all caps if I'm feeling shouty. And that's yeah. kind of like a client who I have a warm relationship with and they know me, not, not someone who's completely new. Um, <laughs> you know, I've had a case where I have every letter of a single word in a different color <laughs> to draw attention to the word and emphasize the point I'm trying to make. Mm. So that's one way. Uh, I use emojis, mm -hmm. sometimes in subject line, sometimes in the body copy. Uh, I have an interesting sign-off for most of my emails that can spark a conversation between me and my prospect or a client. And I think I want to give credit where credit is due. Justin Blackman taught me this when I downloaded his freebie. I think it was uh, 93 email sign-offs. <laughs> okay. By the way, most of what I know how to write with personality is thanks to Justin and you know his stuff <laughs> is great. So one of my favorite ones is gotta go. My kid just ate a crayon. Which is <laughs> Which is from Justin's thing. But when I read that, I was like, oh my gosh, that's really happened to me because one of my students <laughs> did do that. <laughs> and I've used it as a sign off. Oh, I cannot goodness. tell you how many times every time I've used that, I've had like, you know, responses from clients <laughs> and that there's a chuckle. There's like, oh my gosh, did they really? And it just, you know, kind of like deepens that relationship. It makes you more relatable, right? I love so, that so much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't have kids yet, so I might have to be like, oh, Gotta go. My my cat is scratching the f out of my carpet now. <laughs> there you go. Right. It's it's just fun. So you know, use an interesting sign off. And um, yeah. then there there's some originals. So I have fist pump. I have your future BFF. <laughs> I have rainbows and daisies make me feel malaise. Don't ask me. <laughs> but um, and then the classic ones. I've seen this in a lot of emails, and it works. So you know, there's Amisha sipping. Mate, uh, Mai Tai's Sri Monker when I'm on a beach. Amisha munching on the 72% Sri Monker because I talk about dark chocolate, 72% mm -hmm. in the email body. So that was my sign off. So that's, that's, I feel so boring now because mine is all my <laughs> loving best, right? And I, yeah. when, when you were speaking, I thought, hmm, okay, I've got a decent one and it's not a sign off, but it's just something in the body of copy. So, you know, when people say, oh, the inside scoop? Yes. I say, inside. What I wish was ice cream scoop. <laughs> oh, that's a good. Because <laughs> oh, like when I was writing it, because um, basically it was it was a sales email, and I was selling my ultimate podcast guesting workshop series, yeah. and basically you can buy it as a bundle or you can buy it um, in three separate ones, right? Yeah. Um, and basically for each sign off, I didn't want it to just be click here to learn more. Like I wanted, mm. I wanted to change each call to action, so it was. So I think um, Joanna Weeb is, is going to kill me because it's like, <laughs> it's like one call to action button. I'm sorry, Joanna. Yeah, uh, this I don't stick by that too. <laughs> <laughs> this one in particular was technically four call to actions, but yeah. um, I, I I gave myself a chuckle when I wrote it. So I'm just hoping that that landed for someone. It's like, yeah, yes. I love my ice cream. So <laughs> yeah, totally right. And that I, and as and as long as you love ice cream, and you know that's it's just another way to kind of like make it more fun, and yeah, uh, it's exactly. uh, yeah, kind of get a chuckle instead of the same old, right? Because that's what mm -hmm. we want to get away from. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's one way. Have an interesting sign off. Um, pro tip, you know, uh, another thing I want to preface uh, is that whatever you write in your email copy, acknowledge the sender, appreciate that they reached out, offer mm -hmm. value. This doesn't have to be you know, like an audit of their webinar if it's not a client. 
but it could be a tip or a referral or a recommendation to another service provider, particularly if you're saying no. Mm -hmm. So, and like I said earlier, that's my intention with emails that grace my inbox. Like, I mean, I don't get a hundred emails or leads pounding on my doorstep to work with me. I'm not an influencer or famous, but I, so I do have the time to respond to a few emails I receive, Mm -hmm. right? Especially the ones where you know that they've taken the time to scope you out, research you, and it's a heartfelt email. You want to appreciate Appreciate that, and you want to like kind of acknowledge that that they did that. So every time I respond, I want to always make sure that I'm doing it with intention. So I, I, I love that you use that word because I literally because um, if people saw my inbox, they're like, "Holy crap!" Because I have like eleven thousand unread emails. <laughs> My, my my assistant, uh, she her email like uh, you know join that's joined to mine. Hers mm-hmm. is like clean like clean mm. AF right but yes but over, my, over in my inbox of the hot bed it's like 11,000 unread emails I'm never going to wind up reading them all if I'm quite honest however there is a folder that I have and it's called respond with intention so it's for those mm. very emails that you're referring to it's the ones that where they are more heartfelt someone has taken the time to respond to an email that I've, I've written or even mm. if it's not a lead it's just someone who wants to have a conversation with me and if it's a conversation that you know it's, it's one that I want to continue, then it's like, oh, okay, you know, they get shifted yeah. to that folder. And I've literally, I, like, our, like, we, we both know Ryan Schwartz, right? Like, yes. he was the first guest on the Quiet Rebels podcast, episode nine, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember something that I really loved about his creative process is the fact that he waits until he is in that moment of absolute empathy for his mm. client who he's writing a launch like he doesn't do that anymore but yeah um, he doesn't write launches anymore he's doing his own thing but the point is that that's part of his creative process and I love that and I just feel like this is kind of like a parallel it's like I'm not writing emails for clients anymore however when I respond to people's dms when I was like I I read and and mark things unread all the time like Mm. in my dms in my whatsapp in my emails it's because I want to know what I'm in for and I'm like, okay, now I know that what the content is. I'm going to, I'm literally going to wait. And I, I do let people, I give people a heads up. Like, I'm not the instant responder. I'm unsubscribing to the urgency culture here. And mm. I'm like, I will not instantly respond to you. However, when I do respond, it's going to be with intention. Right? Yes. So, I and I know not everybody that. has the luxury. I know not everybody has the luxury for that because some things definitely are timely, which I went, I then will break that rule. If it, <laughs> if, um, if it requires a certain response, that, that's, that's an exception. But yeah. yeah, just that, you know, that feeling of intent, like intentionality, that's um, as our mutual friend, Zavira Rajan would say, like infusing intention. Yeah, <laughs> like that's, that's the name of her copywriting program, right? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Oh, all this stuff is so important. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, I mean, and as copywriters, we channel that when we're writing for clients, right, for their launches. And I think uh, it bears repeating that we should bring a lot of that into our personal communication, I mean, not personal business communication, the emails that you send out to team members or a prospect or a peer or someone who wants to, you know, connect with you. So, and, and, and I know it's crazy impossible to do that with every email. So I love that you have that folder, the one where you're like, no, 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 (laughs) these are the emails that I'm going to (laughs) have a heartfelt response. And I'm going to like think with intention what I want to send and say to them. So yeah, definitely do that if you can. And then kind of like, you know, acknowledge the ask. And I always say that acknowledge the ask, whatever it is, and then send that email. Oh, I love that. 
Yeah. So was that just one point out of five that we were going to go for? I'm like, wait, I need to make sure that we actually cut, like cover the things that you want to say. So, um, yeah, what what's next from here? Um, no, those are yeah. So those are. Let me just you know summarize real quickly the things that I did say because I know we kind of like rambled on the last <laughs> one. <laughs> oh, we 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 go on tangents here. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a part of the process. Yeah. I know we do. <laughs> oh, thanks, thank thank for your process. Um, yeah. So yeah, look at your personal values, right? And kind of like say like, okay, my personal value is punctuality. How do I kind of weave into a personality element and kind of like fuse it together? to make a statement. Um, let me read um, something else from that that I have. Um, I like to tell my clients that I'm a communicator. And it says, I say something like, probably stems from my South Asian upbringing. Indian kids are supposed to communicate everything that happens in their lives with their parents. <laughs> Luckily, this trait has served my clients well. You'll get consistent project updates and reminders because I don't ghost. So I say something like that. Like so, yeah, it's kind of like just setting the boundaries like, hey, excited to work with you. This is what you can expect. Mm. Um, so, yeah, personal uh, personal value and a personality element. Mm. So fuse them together. If you want, you can add like, you know, interesting sign offs. Doesn't have to be for every email, but something that speaks again to the personality element and what you're thinking. Uh, you could add gifts in your emails. I do that with a few of my uh, onboarding emails. Once I know that this is a client and they, they have a sense of humor, they understand. So it's very important to know who's your audience, right? Um, some people just won't appreciate that you send gifts. I don't know. But then in that case, you should kind of ask, is this a client really worth, you know, to work with? A separate topic. Um, <laughs> for another day. <laughs> yeah, for, for, another, for another day, right? So gifts, uh, interesting sign-offs. You can start branding some of your copy. So couple of ways I like to do it is maybe trying to make a point, all caps. I use different color of letters for a word that I want to like draw attention to, or, you know, I would even have a sign off in a color if I want, kind of just to like, you know, draw the uh, eye to something like what I'm trying to say there. Um, use emojis if you like emojis. But of course, less is more. Don't go crazy. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. These are simple things that I think even if you're not a copywriter and you know you're kind of stressed about sounding right all the time, even including some of these can like take you a long way. Mm. That's so good. And they're so simple, which is what I love. Like we love simple here. <laughs> exactly. You know? Because they're simply yeah. effective. And so that's those are your you know five five ways to maintain that balance between being a professional but being personable about it which I love and so I'm curious to hear from you Amisha like what are the three most common situations that you find yourself up against or even other service providers up against when you when you need to kind of communicate something that's a bit awkward or a bit <laughs> confronting rather Yes. Only three? Gosh, I can think of 50. <laughs> but okay. <laughs> let's, let's, let's start with three. <laughs> yeah, let's start with three. Okay. So the three most common ones that uh, I see now and then, again, uh, in all the time I've spent doing this kind of work and uh, in Facebook groups and, uh, you know, from peers, they say like, hey, how do you break up with the client, even if they're wonderful, right? I mean, we've heard about breaking up with a client who suck the joy out of your life but 
what if they're amazing humans and you love working with them, but you know what? It's just not the right fit anymore. And mm. it's kind of hard to say goodbye. That one, that one comes up a lot. Um, also, how, how do you, you know, handle scope creep? Oh my gosh. Scope oh. creep was my middle, <laughs> middle name when I started out. Like, can you do this? Of course. Can you do that? Of course. No problem. Oh <laughs> so, gosh. And here's the thing. If you don't, handle it the right way. And if you don't outsmart scope creep, as I like to call it, you can, you're just going to remain a chronic under earner and a people pleaser. And if you've always been a people pleaser, guess what? You're going to just remain that. (laughs) Yeah. And so that's the other one, the hot button one. And the third one, which I love because I don't know, it just lights me up. It's just how to ask for more. And I'm saying, you know, raising your prices. Uh, how do you ask in a way that you know it's going to be met with a favorable response? You may not get the, uh, you know, you may not get your ask. Like, I want to like raise this package price to $10,000. You may not mm-hmm. get that, but you'll get a favorable response. The person will have seen it. They will have seen all the reasons that you cited for why you're asking that, uh, for asking for that raise and they will acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. So do it in a way that, you know, adds value to the client again and kind of demonstrates that, hey, you've done your homework. Don't just go in and ask that, hey, I am so great and I think I deserve a raise. I mean, I don't think any of us do that because we're not entitled, but (laughs) yeah, you want to, and that kind of like, um, kind of gets a lot of people hot and bothered, right? Like, oh my gosh, am I worth it? Are they, what if they say no? Should I be increasing my prices? And if, what happens if, you know, I don't get at a price rate increase? And have I lost this friendship with a client? Because Mm. some of us are really good friends with clients, right? Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to do that. We don't want to burn bridges. Um, Have I jeopardized that relationship altogether? Are they going to look for my replacement? So much stuff comes up around this one. Mm. So, yeah. Oh my. Okay. So I I am going to ask you if you could walk us through one of those. And I think the last one is definitely hitting home (laughs) the most. Um, But before you do, I would actually love to ask, um, because you just um, highlighted these these thoughts that run through your head before you even think of crafting this. So how did you get to that point when you were okay to actually make the ask? So were there any questions you had to ask yourself, any things that you had to look at in your business in order for you to make sure it's a logical decision, not just an emotional one? So like, how did you change your state from anxious to um, for asking something like this to actually having that firm, like, okay, no, I'm going to send this. So tell us that. I want to know the messy middle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's definitely messy and it's a very unique thing to me. It may not work for everybody, but I'm going to share it anyway. Um, so yeah, the logical part of me went uh, looking into my business and what I had done for a particular client, like the outcomes that we worked on together the amazing results that they had. And uh, just looking at my email threads, right? Like, you know, every time they would send a request or send something to be done, or they had a question, I would be there almost like that customer service manager taking care of them. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's done. Hey, we got this. Hey, it's taken care of. Hey, this thing that you were worried about, I have changed, made the tweaks in the copy. And I guess that is another problem. Again, 
the over delivery and, you know, mm-hmm. over eagerness. So I went through all of that to see like, where all have I helped the client, not just delivering the specific outcomes for which I was hired, but how have I been engaged actively in the duration of the project? Mm-hmm. Right. How have I showed up and checked in on this client? Like how have I become their therapist or shrink? <laughs> Because some of us take on that role, right? Like we had these lovely clients that, you know, kind of like, I mean, when you're working 12 weeks, not 12, at least a couple of months together on a launch or even 90 days, you learn so much about the person, their values, their styles of working, where do they need support? Where are they willing to share a lot or little? You learn so much about this human being that you're going to be in this uh relationship with this working relationship. So how, how, how have you showed up? And I, I don't know, what is this? Is it the Asian in me or is it because I'm a woman or I'm a mom? I like to take on that nurturing role. Very bad. I know. I know. No, I don't but- think it's bad. I think it's beautiful that you do that. And, um, <laughs> you know, so, and I don't think it's bad at all, but it's understanding why it comes up. Yeah. Worth looking at. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So just logically, like, where have I been actively of support and what have the results that I've created? I look at that and then I kind of like jot this down on a piece of paper, everything. I just do a brain dump. And then I talk to myself as though I were making a verbal ask. And I and I talk to myself in the car, in the shower, <laughs> in the mirror. I dress for the part. This is really crazy, but I do dress for the part when I'm doing all this and I'm practicing. I love that. I just have to channel my best self. Yes. And there's also comfort knowing that none of this is going to be done because (laughs) it's going to be all ending up in an email, but I need to feel that emotionally and physically, Mm. right. If I'm doing this. So I, 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 I talk with a lot of intention, with clarity, I'm practicing my lines and I say that, Hey, you know, this is why I think I deserve this because we did all of this and, uh, yeah, I, I just constantly practice. And then when I'm when I'm in that emotional state is when I start writing that email. And I've got it down to script now. So and I don't do I don't have much of that anymore because this was again in the earlier stages of my freelancer journey when I had to do this. Um, but yeah, I channel all that, I get into that uh high energy vibe, and then I start writing that email and perfect it down to a script. So that's what that's what works for me. That's just my internal process. That. you're getting into your best state of mind and body yes right? so kind of like okay I'm, I'm good on all angles now it's the time to write this because like say if you did the opposite right that you kept it all in your head and you wore sweats messy bun and you're like yeah, yeah. and like don't get me wrong that's comfortable <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah but there is a difference that happens like when you dress a certain way or you put your hair in a certain way a certain totally. like, like like my ritual before I do a podcast like no one sees my lipstick but it's a process for me actually <laughs> as soon as you came on before we hit record I told you a ritual of mine is putting on this crystal necklace yes it's, it's just because it helps me to to just channel make it the podcaster <laughs> you know? yeah so that's your way of um, channeling your best self to write these scripts, which I'm so excited to hear about, by the way. I know we don't have time to go through uh, through more than one, but can, yeah. can, can, can I ask if you could read us one? <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Absolutely. So again, uh, so the objective when you're asking for an increase in prices, it's 
uh, like I want to say, it's not enough that you tell clients that you're raising prices or that your priorities or avatar has changed. It's great that you're raising prices, but if this is a client you enjoy working with and you want to demonstrate the value of your services and why they should be thrilled to pay you more, you need to back that up with claims, right? Like in copywriting, mm-hmm. Joanna Weep says, hey, whatever you write in the copy, make sure you back it up. So you've done the proof work. You've You've, you've got all your proof and now it's time to turn that into a script. So I'm going to give you a couple of subject lines that are examples. Okay. You can so use that. Which scenario is this for? Uh, for raising prices. Oh, okay. Yeah. So do you hear prices. that quiet rebels? If you want to raise your prices, listen up. <laughs> <laughs> so one example of a subject line is I've got exciting news to share. And another one is three ways I can increase your and the thing they care about which is in alignment with what you do. So it could be a, you know, increase your open rates or click-through rates or social media following, whatever it is that you do. Uh, so three ways I can increase your thing and put that in a subject line. That's going to get them to open it up. Or I'm going to give it another one just because I like to overshare, overdeliver. Let's get you to, and then you could put in that desired goal or outcome that they care about the most. So those are your three subject lines. Now I'm going to read the pitch. Dear client, let me start by saying thank you. And there are two options and how you can go further with your opening statement. Thank you for taking a chance on me when I was a nobody and had zero experience in this industry, yet was 100% committed to making my then side hustle now a full-time business work. Or option two, could just look like something like this. Thank you for taking a chance on me and my fledgling of a business two years ago. Speaking of which, my business is flourishing and I've got a client wait list that's three months out. Whoop, whoop. So I want to like pause here and say, what have you done when you've started with that opening sentence? Either one. One, you've kind of like thanked, you have thanked the client and you've acknowledged that, you know, they've been amazing and, you know, you're, you're grateful, right? That they gave you this opportunity when you were maybe a new, but newbie noob, or you didn't have a lot of experience, but now your part-time experience or your side hustle has become a full-time business. So that instantly kind of says that, gosh, she's gone full-time, right? Like she's become so good. She's complete. She's booked. She's got a wait list. She's got people who are waiting for her. And, you know, she's got a client wait list that's three months out. So that just shows how much you've grown in the time that you've been working with this client. It just uh, demonstrates your authority or, you know, like, you know, how good you are now. All right, let's continue. I've added additional services that will, and you can add three benefits or outcomes. So outcome number one, save my clients 10 hours a week in parentheses, email checking, responding, organizing, so they only have to work two hours a week. Outcome number two, increase retention rates by 2.6% every month, so they increase their revenues. Outcome number three, create weekly Instagram marketing content with Canva graphics and keep abreast of hashtag trends, which change as quickly as a toddler's fickle mind. So these are the additional services you're adding. Naturally, This means the price for so-and-so package or retainer package that you are working on with this client will increase. So 
Choose one of the three. Now, here's how you close that email. You can choose one of the three options of how you want to, you know, transition into asking for your higher price. As a special thanks to loyal clients like you, I'll be offering this package at the old rate for another month, as long as you book by the end of the week. That's one way. Or you could say, as a special thanks to loyal clients like you, I'll be offering this package at the old rate for the duration of this project, after which I'll switch to the new rate of XX dollars. Or the last one, you could just be direct and say, effective date, I'll no longer be offering this package at the old rate. My new package price will be dollars XX. If this change in package pricing is something you're not super keen about or is outside your current budget, can I refer you to someone who will be a better fit for your needs? Say the word and I'll arrange an email intro. I wish you success and thank you for your one. Thanks again for the wonderful last two years. That's it. Wow. Like, I'm just like, when, when you're reading, I was literally imagining these words like being written on a page for an email. And I love that you have multiple choices for each part, like whether, whether it's a sign off or um, the way that you say thank you at the very beginning. I love that so much. And it's really, I love that it's really simple. It's straightforward. It's not overly personal, but it's not impersonal either. And it's still very professional. So, <laughs> you, you can tweak it and there is another hotter way of doing it of course i mean you know i i didn't put in the results that uh you know if you worked with this client and you've got those results like you and i were just talking about you could add those and then kind of make the transition into the pitch like because of that i'm adding these new services that will help you achieve those goals and to or take it to another level you could mix it up but this is a very simpler uh, version of asking for that raise in prices do you know I, I wish that um because what, what at the very beginning when you're saying how um you know scope creep or you wanted to raise your prices but you didn't or all those things when it brought me back to when I used to do projects or retainers um there's a reason why I don't do them anymore <laughs> yes it's because um I, I when I wanted to communicate something, um, I couldn't do it the way that you that, that you did. And I was like, oh, I wish I had these scripts back then. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's, um, yeah, it, it's totally helpful. <laughs> it takes the emotion out of it. Yes, it takes the emotion out of it, but not the personality out of it. And exactly. I think that's, I think that's well important, said. you know, yeah. because trust me, I'm a very personality-driven person. So people yeah. know when I'm not okay because I don't use emojis or I don't use explanation marks mm. or certain things and I remember when I used to like this is before I had my business when I worked with someone um and they gave me a piece of feedback about yeah. like oh you say xyz too much or whatever and then the next day when I was like okay fine I won't then <laughs> and then literally by the end of the day they're like Mickey, are you okay and I'm like I'm fine why why do you ask and they're like well because you didn't use any emojis today <laughs> and I'm like yeah because you said I used too many yesterday don't you remember and they're like and they kind of looked at each other like on this team meeting they're like it's like we want the old make it back 
you what's weird. <laughs> that is branding well done, right? They know you. They know how you communicate. That is awesome. That's, yeah, it works. See? It works indeed. Oh, my goodness. So oh, I love this. And I know that for the quiet rebels who are listening, who want to be able to communicate these um, awkward slash com- confronting sort of situations in projects or in retainers um, they're gonna want to learn more so like I, I think I can speak to you all day Misha I'm not gonna lie um, <laughs> but due to the sake of time unfortunately uh, we can't for you know for another couple of hours however I'd love to hear from you whether it's raising your prices whether it's scope creep whether it's what, what was the other one uh, scope creep raising prices uh uh, scope creep, raising prices, breaking up with a client. Yes, breaking up with a client. All the other 50 that you said that I can't even begin to think what that would be. Um, what would you say they all have in common um, when it comes to the communication with it? So whether, because maybe someone doesn't want to raise their prices or someone who's listening right now, but maybe they want to do one of the other mystery 50 <laughs> that you said. But I'm just curious, like what do they all have in common that they can take away from this episode today? Um. And I know I'm 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 sounding like a dead horse, but uh, it, it's it's really it's really um, what they all have in common is that you do your homework in a way. If it's with a client, you've done the homework. You know what you've brought to the table. You know your skills. You know your ex- expertise level, and uh, you want to kind of like take that, take stock of what you already have, and then kind of use that to say ask for you know, ask for what you're worth, right? Like um, whether it's a raise in prices or whatever that is. But the point is you should do your homework. Or if it's scope creep, for example, um, you tell them that, hey, I'd love to do this, but you, you're you still going to be graceful about the no. You, you still got to be acknowledging that, hey, it's so great that you want to do this because I know that the success of this project is so important to you. So you're so creative. You're looking for other ways to like, make this even more, you know, create 10 times more the impact. And I love that you consider that I'm the one who can make this happen uh, for you and we can do this together. However, please understand that, you know, asking for these extra things requires more man hours, requires me to spend time away from my little humans, which I would hate. Mm -hmm. And you understand that as a parent that you would too. So let's be smart about it. If this is something that is important to you, we can address it in our current launch and I can send you the revised contract and the invoice. <laughs> but if it's not as important to you at this time, we can come back to this later uh, at another time or something like that. Mm-hmm. You see how I did that? You're, you're being polite. You're acknowledging that they're so amazing because, you know, we could just say like, how could they ask me to do these extra things? And, you know, you could mm-hmm. get all like, you know, upset and like, how can they feel so entitled and how can they do that? And don't they have any respect for my time? But you've also got to kind of shift that thinking and say, you know, it's great that they're so involved in something like this. They want to see this project succeed. They're thinking of other ways that we could possibly add to the project to guarantee the success. So if you can change your mindset from like, how could they do this to me? <laughs> like the victim mode. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's the right word and kind of like think and put yourself in their shoes. Like, Hmm, they think that having this can kind of like improve the project. They may or may not be right, 
but you still want to acknowledge that, that saying like, mm-hmm. hey, you're thinking about it. This tells me that you care about this. You care about the success. It also tells me you're not ghosting and, you know, you're not one of those like who gives me work and goes to the Maldives for a vacation, <laughs> right? Oh, so you want to give to go to the Maldives right now. <laughs> right? I know the wonder lust in me always wants to pick a travel analogy. So anyway, yeah. So just shift that mindset. Like, instead of like, you know, thinking that they're after you or they're out there to like sabotage you think like, you know, how are they on, how are they trying to like be successful and trying to make this a win-win situation for you and them? Mm, So I don't know if that's giving a different spin, but kind of like think from there, you know, if you were in their place. Or think about a team member you have on your team who's asking for a team uh, for a raise in their prices. Yeah. Right? So just flip the situation. Yeah. It, it sounds like mutual respect. Yeah. Mutual benefit as well. And mutual alignment. That's it's all it's all mutual. That 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 totally. seems to be the common thread. Yeah. Well said. <laughs> you are amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm a summary kind of gal, <laughs> but at the same time, it. I'm also a verbal processor and I talk about everything, <laughs> details that aren't always necessary. But anyway, <laughs> but, oh my gosh, I love this. And I think more people definitely need to learn about this. So thank you so much for reading out one of your own pitches. And I know that you have something super special for some of us who want to dive into this more because communication is always going to be a skill that we all will have areas of improvement in. And for anyone who want, who's listening right now, who wants to learn more about how they can just have a bit more support when it comes to writing these somewhat awkward or confronting emails for their clients, where can they go to find more information about that? Awesome. So I have a special gift for your audience today. And um it's a lead magnet. It's really all the, th- the three most common situations that you and I just spoke about. And uh, those are my scripts that I've used in my business. I've had people who've used them successfully too. And so, yeah, I'm just giving away those three scripts about how to outsmart scope creep, raising your prices and uh, breaking up with a client. So, so yeah, <laughs> you can sign up and get it, get an instant access. Yes. So my lovelies, I'll be sure to pop that link into the show notes as well. So that way you can get it super easy from Amisha. And on that note, I'm still curious about the mystery 50. And I know you also have something there too. So for anyone who wants to go to have conversations that that aren't just the scope creep, outsmarting scope creep, raising prices or breaking up the client, the other mystery 50, like how can you help us with that too? Well, that's a thank you for asking. <laughs> uh, the other mystery fifty; those are all emails that I have. Uh, those are email scripts too, for addressing situations like you know how to say the graceful, polite no if you don't want to work with somebody, or how mm. to have a very difficult conversation where you are going to fire a client because they are not respectful of your time or your team members, or you know follow-up emails after you've had a free 30-minute strategy call and it was a great client, or even oh, saying God. no. so good, so good. <laughs> yeah, or even saying no to free consults and kind of still being respectful about that. That is a game changer. That's my personal favorite because, you know, we kind of like have so many of these free, like, can I pick your brain sort of, you know. Oh, God. oh I, I hate that phrase. That phrase just sounds so right. gross. I, Imagine I if know. someone has a really long nail and actually poking <laughs> your bare brain. That, 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 
that visual no thank you (laughs) (laughs) right and how can you say no to more of those and kind of like gracefully lead them to like hey I'd love to explore this with you but if you are willing to sign up for my paid consult so there are 50 situations that I have thought of in my little freelancer life (laughs) (laughs) and all these you know um, it's even like how to pitch to a publication something like that I've tried that so it's it's all these things that have worked for me these scripts that I have bundled together it's a paid product it's $97 so it's literally $1.94 per script that I'm giving away (laughs) and uh as we're recording this, Meike, um, it's kind of getting built into my e-commerce shop as we speak mm. right now. <laughs> but at the time this airs, this is going to be available. So even though we don't have a URL right now, my lovelies, remember that when when I record podcast episodes, they aren't just released the next day, right? I record these in advance. This is behind the scenes of a podcaster life, right? So um, so Amisha is going to have this ready in her e-commerce shop by the time this actually airs. So you actually will have a link in the show notes where you can go buy these scripts for $97. I am not an affiliate of Amisha. However, I am absolutely an advocate. So uh, I will not receive any commission if you do decide to buy these scripts, but I do highly recommend it because if you liked how Amisha shared her script with us today about how you can raise your prices, then that will give you a very clear picture as to to what kind of communication style she's going to use for the rest of these situations. So all of that will be in the show notes. So yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) And I want to say that I've got two versions of uh, raise the pricing. Mm -hmm. Second version is like Sri Racha hot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) It's in in the paid product, but yeah, there there are two versions of almost everything in this, in this bundle. So people have choices of how they want to approach their emails. I love that. All right. Well, Amisha, as well as your lead magnet and your 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 paid product for all of these scripts, where else can we go to ethically stalk you? <laughs> like after this <laughs> after this interview, for those who have just like fallen in love with your voice and everything you stand for, because there's a reason why we're still in each other's spheres after um, <laughs> you know meeting in real life, and it's because I, I love being around people like you. So. Where well, can we go? To <laughs> yeah, likewise. And uh, I hang out on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I love that place. Uh, my uh, Instagram handle is the copy crew. Mm-hmm. And that's also the name of my company. So if you go to my website, it's thecopycrew.com. You can mm-hmm. ha- look me up there. And uh, yeah, these are two places where I hang out the most. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or email, mm-hmm. send me an email. You, I might just, you know, if it's, it's, a, if it's a lovely email and if you send me some chocolate, I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> send you a response <laughs> <laughs> i love that yes so be sure to pop all the links for the lead magnet for the scripts instagram and the website um into our show notes and so amisha as we start rounding off this conversation i have two final questions for you are you ready sure awesome so number one is what makes you a quiet rebel ah uh, what makes me a quiet rebel well okay so i may not have all the answers but I have enough to get me started, get going and be successful. And it's four years in the online space that's taught me this. And here's the thing. A lot of mentors will give you the quote unquote recipes of how to do something. It may work for you. It may not. And I've had experience of this firsthand. And, uh, you know, or it may work for you, but you secretly hate it. But I'm in a place now where I'm okay with the idea of making mistakes 
failing and falling and getting up again to figure things out because I'm open to learning and relying on myself and my grit, just becoming more self-reliant and learning as I go. And I'm okay with it. I don't have to have some cookie cutter success, something uh, framework to tell myself that I can, you know, I can make money that way or I can stay stick around in business. I'm okay to making mistakes and figuring it out. And I love that. Mm. Oh, I love that. I love knowing, not knowing all the answers, but yeah, with the ones that you do have, it's enough to pull you through with, um, you know, your grit and your work ethic, right? Totally. Love that. So good. Alrighty. And my final question. So for my lovely quiet rebels who are frequent listeners, you know what's going to happen next, but just in case this is your first episode that you're listening to and you picked a really good one to start with, when you hear the sound, it means it's time for a wonderful fact of the day. So Amisha, because you're in our guest chair today, I'd uh-huh. love to ask you what is one weird fact or a fun story about you that no one else knows on the internet? Oh gosh. Okay. Are you ready? <laughs> I am. I'm ready. <laughs> uh, I offered life coaching sessions when I was nine. <laughs> oh, okay. It's, it's totally weird. Well, I didn't know it was life coaching at the time, but now when I think back to that time, that's what it was. I'd have the neighborhood kids gather around me. Most of them were a year or two younger And for some reason, I always thought if you're older, it naturally puts you in a leadership position. So I just self-assumed, I I just self-declared myself their leader. So I took that upon myself and quote unquote, solve their problem. So they tell me where they struggled in school, or they would talk about mean kids and, you know, bullying and how to handle them and how to talk to their parents, what they liked and they didn't like, or how to do something. I just sit there and listen and keep listening and dispense whatever, some weird kid, kiddie advice, which now feels preposterous to me. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I did at age nine. And it's funny because life comes sort of full circle, right? Like mm. I listen to my clients. I ask a lot of questions. I take all of that in and then I put advice out. Like they don't take, they don't take all of it, but sometimes they do. But <laughs> yeah, so I, I've always liked that. So I don't know what it is. I've just, I've just been doing it for the longest time. I didn't charge for those life coaching sessions. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, darn it, you should follow up with those kids and with a testimonial. <laughs> your right? life coaching sessions. Yeah, like, yeah, so. I, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And you know what? I think that's just a testament to, um, so you you mentioned the right about being this nurturing, like kind of mother figure. It's clear that even when you were really young, that you just had that, that's something about you that makes people feel safe to share their problems where they trust you to help them find an answer. And I think that's beautiful. And I think that's weaved into your business now. So yeah, if anything, that's a pretty amazing indicator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's just weird how life works out. But yeah, it's exciting. I love it. <laughs> I love it. All right, Misha, it's been a beautiful conversation. Thank you so, so much once again for coming on the Quiet Rules podcast. And I'll make sure again, all of your links that you mentioned will be in the show notes for anyone who wants to come and connect with you and learn more about your scripts. So yeah, just thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I've been listening to your podcast forever and it's always been a dream of mine to be here. And I am here today after what, a couple of years? Almost two years. (laughs) And uh, it's a dream come true. So thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) It's so sweet. Thank you. 
and so my lovely there we have it so everything that we mentioned in today's interview will be popped into the show notes so be sure to head for that link and if you haven't done so already i would so love it if you could subscribe to this podcast because that way you don't miss a single episode and another conscious conversation and of course if you feel cool too i would so appreciate it if you could leave a rating and review because that really helps other quiet ripples find us Oh my goodness. Okay, another great episode. And so I will be back, same place, same time next week for another episode of the Choir Rebels podcast. So until then, my lovely, do take care and bye for now.